going for clearance. It's an inside 50. Oh, How's oh. that for a crumb from Bedford? McDonald to Brown. Two in 60 seconds. That's the best crumb you've ever seen. Bouncer, that'll work. Melcham feeds to Bedford. Puts the Jets on. Impey and his rooster tail of oh. Couldn't get near him. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, Hop Hen Brewing in Lilydale. Simo, it's the 50th time I've said that introduction. We've made it to 50, 5-0. Mate, I'm going to say congratulations to you. Congratulations to us. It's, uh, yeah, what a hell of a journey. But, mate, how are you? You're nursing a bit of a hangover. How are you feeling, by the way? You, you've been uh, topping up that orange and was it orange and mango, orange and tropical mineral orange water? And, or, yeah, orange and mango. <laughs> nectar of the gods. It is a nectar of the gods. It's very. Uh, it's not. It's not too bad for you, which is good too. So it's yeah. It's nursing the hangover nicely. It's. Uh, what do you mean, not too bad yeah. for? Was it low in sugar? Yeah, oh, yeah. low-ish, but natural sugar. Um, yeah. Doing a little bit of a spiel here for the old Schweppes. <laughs> Orange and mango, but no, it's uh, it's quite nice actually. You should uh, indulge in a bottle and yeah. treat yourself. Oh, well, I'm, I'm still currently going through my uh, hop in good old sour, good old guava sour. So shout out to our sponsors there. It's keeping me hydrated on this Sunday night. But Simo, most importantly, D's are looking at seven and zero. Uh, yeah, just ticked all the boxes on the weekend. Had a pretty spirited Hawthorne side to deal with, and I think they're probably I think. Pre-chat, we sort of said Gold Coast are probably the only other game that we've probably been, yeah, looked a little bit on edge at the moment. But, yeah, Hawthorne certainly took it to us and they looked pretty damaging at times. Got off to a quick start, as they have done against Sydney and Geelong in the past, but they sort of faded out. But, yeah, what a good young side and, and yeah, credit to them. They they gave the Ds a, a good old contest, and would have which would have been a, an exciting game to watch for fans and it was for us, but probably... Had a few other things gone different ways. The, the scoreline could have looked a little bit different. There's a hard one to sort of put a finger on. I sort of was talking to you before, and I think, you know, it's one of those games where we're pretty content just getting the job done. It's it's sort of, you know, I mean, with the week we've had, I suppose, you know, you're happy just to get the four points. So being able to do that against a very hungry Hawthorne side, which, to be honest, I think they're probably well, definitely one of the two best surprise packets of the year. I mean, St Kilda, yes, but I think them and Freo, especially with the a lot of people think in Hawthorne, you know, they're going to be right down there with, you know, the North Melbournes, et cetera. So to see them, you know, knocking off Geelong a couple of weeks ago on Easter Monday to, you know, stacking up against um, us and even to start against Sydney as well. It was, or was it just one quarter against Sydney? It was just one horrible quarter. But yeah, for them to be able to contend with the better sides, you know, they're going to cause some headaches. So yeah, no, it was good to get the four points and, yeah, we move on to next week, which is going to be an absolute rip snorter on Mother's Day. Yeah, that's it. And I think um, Sam Mitchell, just sorry, getting back to the horse game, like I think Sam Mitchell is certainly establishing his uh, his accreditation and, and his reputation as as a quality coach. I think just to do this in his first year of football, like having the ins and outs of the club so well ingrained in himself, like you know that he's such a highly respected player and a decorated uh decorated soldier of that club but i think the buying that he's getting from these players and such a young list as well too and but you've still got some of those old players as well too and i know you said to me you sent me the message on saturday saying fucking i hate hawthorne so much 
And I know that <laughs> there'll be a lot of Demon supporters, probably some that were, yeah, watching footy in the 80s that have absolutely no sympathy whatsoever. But I think watching this team as well, like it's 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 nice to see it in that sort of sense, some new players coming through. And I think that's been the good thing about the AFL over the last five, six years is that there has been those that changing of the guard a little bit in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah, and James Sisley, I thought, played pretty well in his first game, captain of the club, sort of probably that forgotten backman as well too. I think he ended up with 13 marks and yeah, yeah, a couple of push-outs on Ben Brown that weren't paid, but that's all right. We'll we'll let that fly to the the radar. But no, it really just did take that, probably that 10 minutes in that third quarter where we really kind of, again, flicked the switch. Yeah, that switch, come on. Did everything. Benny Brown kicking a couple of goals there and and dominating that quarter to build a pretty commanding lead at three-quarter time. And... You know, Hawks gave it everything in that last quarter, and yeah, like D certainly had chances to ice it late and didn't. And yeah, the scoreboard probably looked a little bit more yeah competitive than what the second half was. But no, nah, credit to them; they'd be certainly taking that away as been, a, yeah. a, a pretty yeah a pretty happy result in that sense. I mean, obviously you like the win, but I think to give that challenge to the reigning premiers as we're still getting used to saying is yeah would they'd be there'd be plenty of takings out of that for them that they'd be happy with as well too so we're super lucky to have a very special guest with us uh, to help celebrate our 50th episode and we're going to chat to Caden McDonald, who's done a hell of a lot of work with the AFL in content creator on YouTube, highly successful, Mayor Demon supporter, and he's just released his brand new podcast, a Spotify original called Goes All Right. So we're going to chat with him now about the Hawks game and yeah, get a bit to know about him and his career. And we're going to do that now. So I'll see you there soon, mate. Simo, well, I'm so excited to welcome our next guest, our first guest really for season 2022. He's a very highly successful podcaster and YouTuber. He's also a musical artist creating a number of parody songs as well. You might have known him from the Demon Fan Diaries. He does his game day vlogs and he's just released, which is very exciting. His Spotify original podcast goes all right. But most importantly, diehard Melbourne fan, Caden McDonald. How you going, mate? Welcome to the show. Tim, Simo, thanks for having me on, lads. Super excited to join you boys and uh pumped to talk about the days I'm, I'm really excited to get into the chat so thanks for having me no worries well we'll start may, may as well start from last night so you're at the game there sitting up up in the gods and and giving us your, your <laughs> vlog how was how did you see the game it was a pretty pretty tight contest i think we probably all thought that like hawks have been pretty plucky this year and they they certainly gave you know everything they had last night for sure yeah, how did I see the game? Yeah, not well from level four <laughs> right up the top. Um, no, it was, it was good. It, it, I, I guess I didn't really, like I lowered my expectations after the week that the boys had had. Um, obviously, there was a lot of the boys that went down with COVID and then Goody was zooming in to try and coach uh, for the night. So, and, and even like after the draw last year against the Hawks and some of their results this year against the Cats and and other teams and whatnot, um, I, I was going in just, <laughs> hoping we'd bank the points, let alone yeah. um, a big win. So for me, it was just tick, tick, tick. You know, it, it was never with, you know, never out of doubt. I, I never know that saying, never never in doubt is, is mm. what I'm trying to say. It was yeah. never in doubt, the result, um, at, at any stage. Even when they were on early, I, I wasn't too worried. Uh, we had control for most of the game. We lifted when we had to. We weren't out of second gear and the whole team functioned 
as well as its function for the year. So for me, it was just tick, tick, tick and bank the four points and onto the Saners. Yeah, that's it. That's going to be a huge game, isn't it? I think, well, I mean, St Kilda losing a game they shouldn't have lost last night, but being five and two and, you know, on the bigger deck at the G, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those games where you'll really get a real close look at what the Saints are actually going to bring and if they're actually going to challenge. I know they knocked off Frio, who are flying as well at the moment. So, yeah, that's a game that I'm looking forward to as well. <laughs> what, can, what can you tell us about, I think, like, well, I, me personally, I like being involved with the crowd atmosphere and being it, down there at level one. Mm. What, what, like, what do you, what do you prefer? I mean, yeah, you were up in the bleachers, but what would you, yeah, what would you usually prefer? Yeah, it's a great question. So when I was little and I'd go to the G with dad, we catch two trains up from Geelong on the V line, and I would have to be there early enough to see at least the pregame warm up. If we were there when the banners were up and they were just running out, I was like, "What's the point? We've just missed the the best part." I want to be there when I see the lads warming up. Um, so I, if I wasn't level one, I would we, we'd never sit anywhere but level one, and we'd get there early enough that we could get into the general admission. So if I went to like games with friends and their families and, and they prefer level four. I, I was just absolutely, um, yeah, a mess. I, I was disgusted. What are we doing up in level four? <laughs> but but these days, and especially when I, I went with a few mates, because one of our mates debuted uh, in boundary umpiring. So it was pretty cool, oh, unreal. Um, especially for a D's game. Sometimes I prefer with, with the boys just to sit up by ourselves and just chill. And then I can vlog and not really get anyone in the way, um, despite a whole bunch of people sitting directly behind us when there was <laughs> plenty of seats anywhere else last night. Um, so sometimes it's good to just go and chill up in level four. And also like I'm addicted to watching the grid of Melbourne. So like if you ever get the chance and you usually sit in level one, go to a D's game and just watch the grid. Like if you just watch the red and blue colors, the way that they move together, it is phenomenal. So I like doing that. And then because yeah, you miss a lot of the game up in level four. Um, I like coming home and watching the replay and then listening to the commentary and um, yeah, so, seeing like some of the some of the bits of play that you didn't see as closely, you get to see it on the replay. So uh, I'm pretty easy, level one, level four. It doesn't really mind, but I, I do prefer to go to the games than watch them at home. So the last couple of years, um, I've had heaps of FOMO just <laughs> watching it from the couch. Yeah, yeah no doubt. But it was such a, yeah, I... Like a couple of those, uh, couple of those performances last night. Uh, sorry, yesterday or well, last night, it thought were pretty outstanding. I mean, to see our leaders kind of lead from the front as well. To Maxi is just you know really enforcing his will on on anything. He had an mm. absolute field day on Maxi Lynch, which we kind of saw coming, I think probably, but maybe not the twenty nine and two goals and you know doing everything else around the ground. But then to have, I thought like Viney, I thought had an outstanding start to the game as well too. Plus Clary and Track kind of trading tags, Connor Nash was sort of floating between them, but didn't really nullify either of them. But was there anyone in particular that sort of stood out for you? It was great to see Bedford also last night as well too, get a get a really great opportunity and, and really performed as well too. That that second goal of his was was fantastic. Yeah, well, Maxi in particular, it's quite funny. Like Luke Jackson sort of started the season probably a little bit better and there was all this chat about like, you know, <laughs> is, Mac, is Maxi going our number one <laughs> ruckman these days and whatnot? Um, Maxi's built really well into the season. And I, I reckon over the last couple of Sunday footy shows that I've watched, the phrase like he's the best ruckman by a mile ha- has come up um, in the last couple of results. So he's starting to really build quite well. He's nailing those like 55 meter <laughs> set shots oh, he's as well. Loving it. He's loving like, it. 
and I love when he marks it and the crowd just like get up and about tell him to go back and take his kick. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's almost in career best form, which is crazy. His performance last night was really good. And it, it was good to get one back on Max Lynch. Cause I reckon in the Collingwood game last year at the SCG, it was one of those games where the whole team was off, but Max Lynch sort of, I don't know, half the contest against Gorney. And yeah. um, I was a little bit worried cause he's a big lad, Max Lynch, that um, it might be one of those, you know, he played well against Gorney last year. We drew against the Hawks. We got five players out. Goodies on the gout. Um, <laughs> there was that like old Melbourne mentality of like, oh no, what, what could happen? <laughs> so I was glad that the D's put that to bed. Um, I was really impressed with Ben Brown. Yeah, He just like, it, it's really weird. He he rocks up, plays in first gear, barely gets near it. And I look at the stats and he's kicked four. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so weird when like, I'm a massive Sam Wiedemann nuffy. Like I've, loved watching him play for like the last few years i'll see a weedo come in do anything to keep his spot crash packs um and i'm watching going oh i feel like weed played all right and he might not get on the scoreboard and then i see like a bit of a passive ben brown performance who kicks four and that's just such a luxury to have and we haven't had a, a goal kicker like that who can kick goals so easily like i remember years and years we'd watch our forwards just compete and contest and do everything to not get any any reward but we've got someone who can do it without much effort even though i'm you know you ask ben brown after the game he's probably buggered and bruised up but (laughs) um yeah i thought ben brown's performance last night was was pretty good as well yeah no spot on He, he certainly straightens it up and i think we've certainly had a lot of discussions over the last few weeks and the back end of last year about that forward lineup it's been such a huge topic of discussion for a long time and last night we had the four of them in there but obviously in different positions as well too mm. and I think yeah that deep forward Ben Brown you just know is is as you mentioned like is good for a couple of goals without mm. too much yeah, like without seeming to flex too much like it's just <laughs> to have somebody of that stature who can mark take a fantastic contested mark or even mm. last night won a couple of crucial free kicks against we get Sammy Frost as well too, which is always mm. a little bit nice. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's just he's just so dangerous, and and that threat, that potential threat of him, then obviously opens it up to all of our other forwards as well too. Which you know it was a reasonably quiet night for our other forwards, really our other big forwards, mm. you would say as well too. But I don't know how the four of them. Yeah, what happens next week in regards to does Tommy McDonald stay in to cover Smith? Like, will they bring Tomo in? I don't know to see how those because that. Well, how many times the four of them actually? That's got to be the first time, surely. The four yeah, of them taking think, the ground together. Yeah, I don't reckon. I can't think of a game where like all of them have been in there. Yeah, and I, I don't really want them all to be in there unless Tommy nah. Max playing backline because that sort of. I don't want to be too tall, and I like that we have like Fritter roaming around, and then uh, the Mosquito Fleet, like your Neil Bullens and Spargos and Cosy Pickett's. I don't want to mess that up and go too tall. I don't think it's wise to go too tall so i think we found our balance and what i like is um sam wiedemann came in and he he had the shin guard strapped to his leg so he was clearly going to do some of the luke jackson rucking and i was actually quite impressed with like how many touches he was getting and um he was sort of halving the contest in the ruck and it's just amazing that the depth we have like i remember years ago gorney went down and jack watts rucked for a game and did all right (laughs) and then i think cam bettison came in and did all right but like it, it wasn't quite the same but now it's sort of like like for likes, like Cosy goes down and we've got like Bedford who comes in who plays really well and um, Jake Lever goes down and then Joel Smith comes in and we don't sort of miss Jake Lever and it's like, 
how are we not missing Jake Lever? It's Joel Smith and yeah. not Jake. It's just really weird how um, a really good system can um, cover for the losses. And that's why, like, the five out this week, I know we got, like, Viney and Lever back in. But it, once again, it, it the system just worked well no matter who was in there. It's just maybe we could go out there and just perform <laughs> as well. Like, that's it. there's something in that system that's working for everyone. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, 100% agree. Look, mate, let's let's revert back to last year. Obviously, you're saying, you know, you got a bit of FOMO, which we all did. But the premiership, what, what did you do on the day? How much did it mean to you? What can you share with us about that awesome day we had last year? Well, I was pretty flat throughout the last lockdown and I chucked on that many kilograms. It wasn't even funny. And it was just like, I was unapologetically just eating the most rancid <laughs> diet you could ever <laughs> eat. So I woke up and I just thought, a bucket of kernel has my name written all over it. <laughs> um, that was so me last one. <laughs> so I went and got some kernel uh, for me and dad. And then we chucked on the storm game just to keep our, our mind off it. But it was just crazy. Like not only did we have to wait the day, but we had to yeah. wait two weeks. It's like the biggest practical <laughs> joke ever on Melbourne supporters, just having to wait so long to see their team in the granny. And then every scenario was going through my head the whole day. I'm like, Bulldogs finished fifth for a reason like it's first first fifth we should win comfortably but then i start going oh well, hang on halfway through the year the bulldogs are the best team and they could mm. turn up and um, so i was wrestling with myself throughout the day uh finally the the lights went down the sun went down the storm got rolled uh the kernel was absolutely non-existent after <laughs> what i did to it and then the ball was bouncing um yeah i was uh creating some content for the afl's channel um and I probably would have filmed it anyway if it wasn't for them, but I had my camera set up and I wasn't like, I completely forgot it was there. I had my camera set up to the left and I, I said to dad, oh, we'll, we'll put some lights on. And he goes, no, cause he never has lights on around the house. <laughs> He's like, no. So I'm like, oh, well, this is going to be weird. It's going to be some really <laughs> dark sort of footage that I'm going to send to the AFL in a day and a half. Um, and then I was like stoked. I was stoked with uh, the first half and the start. And we always start finals like that, like against Geelong, uh, in 2018, we kicked the first five to sort of nothing against yeah. the Hawks. That next game, similar, got rolled against West Coast. And then this year, it was like against Brisbane. It was like a five goal to one start um, against the Cats, similar. And then against the Bulldogs, they start really hot in finals, which is awesome. Um, and then once the Dogs just disintegrated the lead in five minutes in the second term, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be <laughs> – I was like, this is a grand final. This is – like I was probably a bit naive to think it was going to be as easy as what it was in the first term, but I, I had faith. And then I think you guys probably all agree, like halfway through that third quarter when it started to get 11 minutes left, nine minutes left, or uh, yeah, the clock started to tick down. Bonts kicked one to make it 19 points. And I'm starting to go, yeah. hang on here. Like if we don't turn it around quickly, it's, this could be like, and I just started thinking of the last time we played the Bulldogs at the end of last year, where it was sort of like we were three goals down, got it to one goal, got back out to two goals, got it to one, went back out to three goals. I'm like, if this last quarter is similar to that, I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> and then our prayers were answered and it was an absolute avalanche. And um, it was just weird. I had the most biggest buildup of like the two weeks, the whole day. And I was just, sat in my house like it yeah. was like 11 o'clock happened they did the lap of the oval and it was like where do i go what do i do i can't do anything so it was a bit yeah. bizarre i got on live stream had a couple of 
cordials, was a little bit <laughs> intoxicated, <laughs> got my guitar out, thought I was Harry Styles for a second, just playing <laughs> some tunes. And um, yeah, that was about it. But yeah, it was one of the all time great days. And um, one thing in particular is like, my dad doesn't really go to the footy as much anymore. Like he gets a little bit overwhelmed with the big crowds and whatnot. And we used to go all the time together. And when it got announced that it was in WA, I thought to myself like, well, if we are in lockdown and it is in WA, it's probably the only time, like, because dad wouldn't come to the grant. Well, yeah. No, nah, he said he probably wouldn't be able to make it to the granny. So I sort of thought the silver lining is me and dad will be able to watch the grand final together. Yeah. So now I sit there and go, well, that was amazing because it gave me the chance to watch the grand final win with dad, opposed to me going up with a couple of mates and him just sitting here by himself. It was like amazing that we could watch it together. So yeah, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable day. Yeah, no, it, it definitely wasn't. There was certainly that. Yeah, we're all in that same situation. It was very much like you didn't know what to do with yourself <laughs> at the end of the game. Like even it was the longest day of all time waiting oh around my, for, yeah. that, for that game. Like the fact that I didn't even think to chuck the Storm game. I don't know. I think I just went for a walk. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like I had my – how old was my daughter then? She would have been – oh, shit, like eight months, nine months. So like that obviously kept me plenty busy. But my wife literally went to bed. Um, didn't want to borrow it. Like she's, yeah, doesn't doesn't really get around footy too much. And yeah, just sort of sitting there on my own. But like the memories were like sitting there afterwards having the uh, having the Zoom open with my dad, and my brother, mm. who I'd normally go to the footy with. And yep. yeah, just like just talking about it, discussing it. But Simo Cole, when you're talking about that time at three, around about third quarter, Simo Cole went three to quarter time. He's just like, mate. We're on. We we're like, you know, almost like, what just happened? And I was like, no, shut up. Just <laughs> hang on. Like, yeah. hang on. no, I can't. I need to be in the right <laughs> mind frame. It, it was, I, I was sort of, I think prior to the game, definitely reserved to either either result. Like, I mm. would have been proud either way. But the fact that these opportunities, yeah, you've, you've got to find the best opportunity to win it. And yeah, looking mm. back now, we could be set for, for, yeah, a bit of success. Hopefully in the next couple of years, we we're certainly well set up for that. Yeah, I, I thought that first grand final was the most important one because I didn't want to be a team that gets in there, stuffs around, plays in one one year, misses out the next, plays. Like, I didn't want to be a team that didn't take their chances because I think of like a West Coast, oh, no, they won it. Uh, maybe a Collingwood. I was thinking of like a Collingwood who were good for so long and probably should have played in a couple of consecutive grand finals. And in the blink of an eye, they went from like almost being a grand final team, making it one year, now they're just... Uh, like starting again um, and Adelaide similar and St. Kilda's was, a big one too hun- yeah St. Kilda's Huge. a great shout so I was like really conscious of the fact that like if we just knock this one on the head then the next few years will be really really fun but if we don't like even being seven and zip now I'd be stressed I'd be like we haven't achieved the ultimate like it's just not the same but now we're seven and zip and it's like everything from now feels like a bit of a free hit. It's like, oh, well, we've got one. Like two would be great and I feel like this list deserves a couple more. But it's like if we absolutely don't, I'm still relatively content in like a a weird sort of um, meta way. Um, So, yeah, that first one was the hardest one to win and it was. It was the hardest one to win. No one's had to play like a full season with COVID and no one's had to play full games with COVID and no one's had to, yeah, it was just ridiculous. And what the boys did was unbelievable. And um, I just can't believe, yeah, I can't believe they did it. 
It was funny. I, bu- I bumped into last week at the uh, Anzac Eve game. I bumped into Adrian from the debrief and we're sort of just chatting. I sort of hadn't met him before, but had a bit of a chat about it. And we just sort of talked I, about I just want to say, you really, I, I listened to the debrief as well. You yeah. remind me of his brother, Scotty Horton. So, funnily um, enough, I used to play against him in basketball like three, four years ago. Because So, I'm out in Yarra Valley area and we used to play him and. Um, another mate that I was playing with then sort of pointed out and said, oh, that's that's Scotty from, from the debrief. And I was like, oh. And yeah, obviously like, you know, 10 yeah. feet tall, um, <laughs> that sort of thing. But yeah, it's, yeah, well, it's small, small world in that sense. But mm. he's, uh, yeah, yeah, big boy to play against, <laughs> up against the ring as well too. But it was weird. We were just chatting about going down the escalator on the way to the bull ring, I'm pretty sure. And how weird is the relaxed feeling? Like you just talked about then the the old mm. Melbourne mentality. You're seven and zero, and you have this nervous breakdown, or just midway mm. points of the games. It's just such a strange feeling now to have the confidence as a supporter. To whether it's partly, well, it's got to be partly the satisfaction that you've now had to to witness a premiership, but it's also, I think, the faith that we have in our club and our playing group, and just watching how we're mm. now winning games. As you mentioned, like we can just do enough to tick the boxes and and bank the four points that's not something that in years gone by that that our team and our club has been able to do and it's just it's made probably going to the footy so much more enjoyable and you probably hopefully better for our all of our health as well too and all the health of Mm. (laughs) all the uh cardio health of all melbourne supporters out there i reckon for sure yeah and it's it's it is strange and and like yeah it, it, it it None of the games really like like if this had been this time last year and we're winning by ten points and ten points and ten points, I would have been like, oh, we're not good enough. Like we're only just getting over the line. But none of these games yet have felt at risk. I feel like Gold Coast was almost the one of the games that I felt like the most nervous. Oh, the the Bulldogs second term in round one was pretty impressive, and we we got down like a fair margin where I was like, oh god, this is like. 26 points is or whatever it was is pretty hard to come back from, even though they did it within a blink of an eye. Um, it, yeah. So it, it's funny, like right now I'm seeing us win by 10 points and I'm not like none of these games are we limping over the line. It's like, we're just getting it done and, and moving on. Um, I still hope that we manhandle some sides when it push comes to shove towards the end of the year, because I don't like, I feel like we've got that in us and I don't really want to be a supporter going, Oh, we can just do that in finals. Because it's like, oh, well, I actually want to see it. Like, I know we did it last year, but I don't think we can just not flog teams all year and then just turn it on. Maybe they can. But, um, yeah, I, I want to see us ramp it up towards the end of the year. But right now it's like we're just doing enough. And if we had to put these teams to the sword, I feel like we could. And it's just a, yeah, it's a weird feeling of control. And, like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird, it's weird being the hunted. I think that's the biggest thing I find mm. is – everyone's striving to beat us and you think of how hard it's been as a Melbourne supporter in our lifetimes. Like it's, it's still quite odd. It's still bizarre to think that you go into a game and you think, you know, we're heavily favorites in every game we play now, which the, is, yeah, the, just, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's such an odd feeling. The, the funniest one I always like, it always catches me off guard is a team of like, it'll be like a Matthew Lloyd or something on a footy show. And he'll be like, yeah, this team um, is like, if this team wants to be like Melbourne, like, and, and we're spoken as if we're the benchmark, which we are, but it's like, 
oh, this team, if they want to be up with the Melbournes and the Brisbane's, I was like, what do you mean up with the Melbourne? <laughs> what does that mean? That was that was a slur back in school, being in, you know, categorised with Melbourne, and now yeah. it's like a, a compliment. It's just, it's, yeah, it, it just makes me laugh every time I hear that. Or when I hear like um, like reigning Premier, like, oh, trying to trying to take on the reigning Premier. Like the, the Tigers game a couple of weeks ago it was like, can the Tigers, you know, take it up to the reigning premier? And I'm like, what world are we <laughs> in where that's a sentence? <laughs> like the Tigers are the best team in the last, like what is happening? Yeah. Oh, crazy. It's, uh, I think, <laughs> the biggest thing though also, and maybe it's just because it's quite early on, but our fans aren't arrogant about it. And I think us just talking about being relaxed, it's, it's the complete opposite of being arrogant about it. And I think even the couple of well, the games that I've been to, you know, this year, the fans, they're very much up and about, but they're not dickheads about it. Like, you're not, yeah, you're not arrogant and thinking that you're going to go out there and, and pummel teams by 100 points or you're giving shit to other supporters. It's, it's. Mm. I think we're still, yeah, as you said, learning to deal with it, learning to deal with these terms that we're not used to. But I think that's been pretty impressive as well too. I think the way that fans have had handled themselves and I think just choosing to embrace the moment and hopefully... As we all know, that these things don't go on forever, and the way that we play won't won't always stay the same. So, just mm. absolutely relishing every second that we've got with it, and and just enjoying it rather than um yeah exploiting it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm very conscious of the fact that like, yeah, it's not going to last <laughs> forever. Um, and I I just I'm not someone who gives it to people either, but it's a weird position because I've like copped it a lot so yeah. a part of me is like ready to go we're the best but then i don't want to say that and then we start losing so it's like i don't know i'm just really I, I genuinely appreciate watching this team and i genuinely appreciate like we're seeing champions of the club uh and greats of the club and that's the first time i've ever been able to witness like a, a couple of greats of the melbourne football club like Petrarca, oliver and gorn like are going to be some of the best names that we've ever had yeah and I am a Geelong-based Melbourne supporter and their list of champions over the last 15 years that the Cats have been able to go and watch every weekend is it just runs so deep. Like your Stevie Johnson's, Dee Bartels, Gary Ablett Jr., Dangerfield, Salwood, Hawkins. Like there's just a million like genuine champions of the footy club, 300 gamers, your Corey Enrights and whatnot. And here I am, like, like I'm sort of on the V-line going past Simmons seeing like a full Simmons stadium, watching all these champions. And then I'm going up to watch Rowan Bale and Viv Mitchie and <laughs> geez, like half these names rolling around. And I'm, I, and I love those blokes as much as they are club champions because they're representing my team and they've got the D's jumper on. And I didn't know, I was just this young kid watching mm. like these footballers try their heart out for the D's, but they didn't have like all, all the resources around them to help them. But they were my heroes as a kid growing up. And it's just crazy now that, I feel like we're watching a couple of the Salwoods and Ablets and Dangerfields for our team. And it's, it is like a genuine privilege. Like, it, like I, I, it's not lost to me that I'm, I'm getting to watch some of the best demon players ever in these next three or four years, like go about it. So that that's pretty sick. One big thing for me growing up as a kid was being able to be there in the cheer squad and stuff. We touched on being in the crowd and whatnot. You know, can you, can you share your first memory as a D's fan? Like, when did you start going for them? Obviously, it must must run through the family. So when was your first memory of barracking as a D-supporter? I guess my first like memories is like weirdly like the train, the train ride up. And I had this like massive 
connection to Melbourne being like this amazing place for so long. Like even if you ask my mates, like I've like I love the city of Melbourne because when we'd be on the V line, like we'd go through Werribee and go through like all, all these suburbs and then we get closer and closer. And then you can see the city. And I knew that like, oh, in this city is like the D's and the D's players. And this is the Melbourne city. So I've always like loved the city, like going over the Westgate or going on the train. I've loved the city. So for me, going to the footy was like going on the train, getting off at Jollymont. There's the record guy on the bridge and we'd always miss him because he got too much service. So we'd walk down and there's about three more record guys. And then we'd go in, um, gate three every time and use our days membership and sit in the like level one um, in that general admin, just sort of towards the pocket. And as I said, like the, the memories I'd have is like getting there so early that the players are just wandering around um, and I'd try and call out to them. And I'd never been close to the days players much because um Casey was too far to get out to and Junction Over was a bit too hard to get out to via public transport. Um, so, like, if we could go to the game early and I could yell out to them, some of them would wave back at me. And, and yeah, so I guess my early memories was, like, yeah, that those train rides up, seeing the Ds, um, they were just all my heroes. Like, I just absolutely frothed all of them. Um, from, like, your Russell Robinsons and your Brad Greens and whatnot, like, club champions. But even to, like, yeah, so I, I'd love just going to watch like your Ricky Pedards and like all these like lesser name players <laughs> that I would just absolutely get around, like Geordie Gisberts and uh, Liam Jara was my favorite player for yeah. a, a section of time there. So I don't know, it, just going to the G on the train is probably the earliest memories. And, and one thing that I always say in particular is like being a Geelong based Melbourne supporter, um, it, it would be footy day and everyone would wear their club colors and it was. 80% Geelong, 5% Richmond, Collingwood, Essendon, um, you know, a bit of a mixture of those teams. And it'd be me and like one other kid that I barely knew in a D's kit. And it was similar at Auskick. And my favourite part about getting on the train and getting off at Jollymont is I'd get off and I would see a sea of red and blue and I would be like, where are these people on footy day? <laughs> like there's more than two of us <laughs> like this they're here. Like, these are my people. Like, what am I doing at Geelong? Like, here, here are the people that, like, get around them. And that would always fill me with, like, this excitement. It's like, yeah, I might be the only kid at school who likes them, but when I catch the train, go through this portal, get off at Southern Cross, get in between the big buildings, get to the Coliseum, that's where they are. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've always just loved the Ds because um, – like my mum's a Geelong supporter, but dad's a Melbourne supporter. So I didn't really have a choice. And for a long, long time, I was sort of going, oh, geez, why did I not listen to mum? You know, usually the mother's, the, the mother's advice is always the best. And uh, yeah, she was seeing premierships for fun over, you know, throughout <laughs> me growing up, but we're slowly turned the tide. But mum's always had um, the D's as her second favourite team. And it's almost like she's gone for them. Like, because she knows when we lose, I'm probably not as much fun to be around. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's all because of dad and it's all his fault. But, no, nah, happy days at the minute. Wouldn't change anything for the world, would you? Like in that sense, I know. Of course those not, things no. You have those days as a kid and it's, I'll tell you what, it wasn't just Geelong. It was certainly <laughs> certainly schools down in the uh, eastern suburbs down here as well too. I, I reckon Auskick and school footy days mm. is probably lucky to see another another Melbourne jumper out there. But it's... Yeah, no, it's just crazy the journey that we've all been on and it's 
makes, as we mentioned, just makes this time even more special and just the need to appreciate it. I think we're all very grateful mm. for that as well too. Uh, we'll just quickly, before we uh, put you through the ringer in our five and a flash, just to talk about yourself and your career, mate, you've had a huge amount of success with your YouTube. You've done some great work with the AFL, but can you talk, talk to us a little bit about how that all started? I mean, coming up with the goal recreation videos and the parodies, like where did all the creativity come up for that and, and what spurred you on to, uh, to, to get making the content? Uh, so I, I left school in 2013. Um, at the end of year 12 and just got the world's worst ATAR. Um, I didn't even crack the 30s. It was 29.75 and dad was going, oh, geez, like how are you going to get into uni with that? And I went, I didn't really want to go to uni. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, so then like we went in, had a crisis meeting with the careers lady and she goes, what do you want to do? I'm like, I want to be on radio. She's like, oh, well, you've got to go down to um, like a radio uh, station in Geelong, a community radio station. You just got to start there. And I went, all right, sweet. So I went um, and was volunteering at radio stations in Geelong. And then I, I had a like a, a heap of job in a, jobs in and around radio to begin with. Like I was doing TAC Cup radio, um, commentating like the up and coming kids and whatnot. And then I was really pursuing this radio career. And I, I went to Melbourne Radio Training Institute and did a six month course. And we got heaps of network and um heaps of people in the industry that we knew and i was applying for jobs left right and center from like ballarat fm to like dubbo fm to like just anywhere i just wanted to be on air doing radio and not even like sports radio like i'm a massive like pop culture um person i i love you know pop culture news and whatnot so i, I just wanted to to do radio anywhere um and hamish and andy were like a big inspiration to that and i just couldn't land a gig and i don't know if it was because i was too young i was 20 and I don't know whether like they're going to take a chance of a kid moving from Geelong to Dubbo or whatever on a, on a 20 year old. I'm not sure, but I, I thought my demo was good enough. And I was just having a look to my radio lecturer saying like, Oh, this is frustrating. I can't get a gig. And he goes, mate, it's 2016. Like you don't need someone to, to, to then make content. Like you don't need like a job or like a station to be making content. He's like YouTube and podcasts. Like you should be doing that six months ago. And I went, yeah, that's true. So then I just started <laughs> pumping out YouTube videos. And um, the only things that started, like early days, it was just whatever came to my mind and they were wacky and weird and filmed on a webcam and just dodgy, just dodgy as all hell. Um, but the ones that started to land were my parody footy songs. So then I did about eight in like the space of six months because like, oh, people love these. And then from there, I just started mixing it up, like doing goal kicking challenges and whatnot. And um, I did some stuff with the AFL in 2019, which was so sick, like unbelievable to be able to work with them. Um, I played some footy golf with Sammy Wiedemann and uh, Angus Brayshaw. And um, I also got sent to five games in five days where me and my, my best mate, Kuko, vlogged it and, and filmed it. And um, yeah, doing stuff with them has been unbelievable. And since then, I'm like, well, like I don't have to move interstate to do a, a radio gig. Um, I'm actually having fun doing stuff from my house. And yeah. Now it's moving me closer to Melbourne and I thought I'd have to go like regionally to then get to Melbourne. But now it's like I'm slowly but surely getting to Melbourne without leaving home yet. So, um, yeah, that that's where it all began. And uh, this year, as you mentioned earlier, I landed a Spotify original potty called Goes All Right. And that's, that's almost full circle now. So um, I've signed with or like I'm working with 
uh, Dill Buckley's production or his company producer who helped like up and coming talent get a show and um, yeah, help, help like yeah, produce them and help them through it and whatnot. So now like I'm, yeah, I've got a gig up there and that almost feels like my radio opportunity that I was trying to get in 2016. So it, it, it all feels really full circle. It's, it's all to do with footy now and that's what I love. And um, yeah, I, I, it, it, it feels like, like, I don't know if you told me, if you told the kid who was like applying for Ballarat FM that this was happening, he'd be absolutely pumped. But um, because I'm like still trying to grow it and still trying to push the channel and, and whatnot, uh, I still feel like there's a lot of water to go under the bridge and I still feel like i got a lot of work to do. So I am pumped, but I'm not satisfied quite yet. So yeah, I just want to yeah, roll my sleeves up, make the best show I can keep pumping the YouTube and be really consistent with that. And um, I feel like, yeah, over the, the next year and the next few years, I'll be able to do that. So it's been, yeah, super exciting. No, that's amazing, mate. And congratulations again on, well, on your career, but on your show this year, because it's, yeah, it's a huge achievement and yeah, definitely, definitely shows all, all the hard work that you've put in behind it as well too. It'd be, it'd be awesome to see some reward in that. And you think about probably the era that we're in and I know personally for myself, it's podcasts are literally, it's yeah. all I listen to and in, in you know, certainly a lot of there's a demographic out there that still listens to the radio and, and whatnot. But I think the amount of listens and streams and minutes that people rack up, it's interesting when you look at your stats at the end of the Spotify year mm. and you get your wrapped and you look at how many minutes you've listened to these two people talk or whatnot. You know, like I listen to a bit like NBA ones and footy ones and, and yeah. all sorts of things. And it's, yeah, like you do, you invest a lot of time in these things. And, and yeah, no doubt you're going to have, yeah, a lot of people listening to your show which is which is unreal it's it, it's a great platform and even for us like just to you know <laughs> talk about footy it's just it, yeah. you're sort of grateful if, if one person downloads and listens to it like it's just yeah it's a pretty pretty rewarding medium with uh yeah in that sense well a hundred percent and like i think it was it was a weird time to be trying to get into radio like if it was like 2009 it's like hamish and andy are flying all these radio stations are looking for the next talent but um, as I was still like applying for gigs anywhere, um, Hamish Andy retired and then they employed like Husey and Kate and it wasn't like the next freshest talent. And I'm not saying like I was never going to get that gig anyway, but it wasn't like the next fresh faces. It was like older talent that they were employing and it, it just felt like a bit of a shift for for radio. Like they weren't doing like young and, um, young and exciting like music artists. They, it yeah. was like, hits and old school so like the old school stuff was getting so they, they were clearly changing their direction as well um and they were doing that because all the kids are on the internet and on spotify and whatnot and it's like it's just so exciting to like for me as a consumer to be able to listen to my favorite songs that i pick it's not like i'm listening to a radio and just going oh i hope one of my songs it's like i've got like a playlist like a curated playlist of songs that no one else has ever heard of just on this list and then I've got the same with my shows. So I'm, I'm just super pumped to be in the zeitgeist of all that, like to be a part of someone's weekly footy consumption really gets me excited. Um, so, yeah, I've just been loving it. We've I think we're up to EP3 this week. we got Sammy Wiedemann on on Tuesday, so I'm not sure when this comes Huge. out. But um, EP3, I, I got the big, the big weeds on. So, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. And I, I can't believe I've got like I get to do it. And, um, yeah, it's just been amazing. <laughs> no fantastic no, it's it's certainly one of the things that we've had a bit of an opportunity over the last couple of years to speak to yeah, a fair few 
former players and just figures from around the club and figures in the media. It's just amazing, like yourself. And we're just so grateful that people give up their time just to, to have a chat. It's just, it's probably one of the big, I say surprises, because you just, you put it out there and you just, like, it's, it's yeah, really, uh, you're really kind of probably taken back and, and in awe of people's generosity and like people like yourself when you sort of know how, you've been in those shoes you've been in these sort of places so that's something that i never take for granted whatsoever and you're just so grateful we've we've learned a lot about our club over the last sort of couple of years i mean you know mm. myself and simo and you get to hear these inside stories and get to talk to people like yourself it'd be great to speak to weeds because yeah what a, like what a story he'll have as well too given you know mm. given his own situation as well too so big advocate advocate for him here and yeah we want to see him hopefully continue to do well and get players spot on the side finish it up with our five and a flash so it's five quick questions Caden and uh, it's got to be the first answer that pops in your head okay so not much hesitation <laughs> going on there could be some silly ones my brain works in a very weird place <laughs> <laughs> all right so the very first one we've got is if you had to delist one current player from the Melbourne side who would it be oh god <laughs> um Taj by Woden <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love that kid and I love his dad. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. What's the most amount of time or attempts you've spent on recreating a goal? Oh, well, in the actual recreations, it's all one takes, but um, in like trick shots, a million shots. Like I'll, I will, I'll be there all afternoon. <laughs> Who would be your dream interview on the podcast? Uh that to be Gorney, wouldn't it? Uh, Petrarca. That wasn't quick, nice. but uh, we got there. <laughs> we got there. Which former demon would you bring back to our team? Uh, I would love a, a Jack Watts redemption. Like that man stuck at it, was still in the team. He started to play some good footy towards the end of his demon days. So like to just finally crack in and we win the flag, like that just would have been everything. So yeah, Wattsy. Definitely. And last of all, so Simo likes to sort of talk about that he reckons his doppelganger is Jack Viney. Can you give us a definite answer? Does Simo look like Jack Viney at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, oh, so no. Like, like, I can see, it, like, like, sort of like, like, sort of from like nose downwards, there's a little bit, but yeah. like, no, I just. <laughs> Not even remotely related. Uh, he's got a no. Nah, he's got a pretty good side by side photo. How old were you with that photo, Simo? Uh, what was I? Twenty, twenty-three, twenty-four. Yeah, so about yes, yeah, four years ago. When we was that? It was that um, AFLX. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. What, when, when we won the flag? Yeah, our first flag. First flag. <laughs> oh, there you go. Nah, I'm real. Well, Caden, we really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks so much for jumping on. It's been awesome to chat to you about demons and footy and all about your career. But we do wish you all the best with uh, your podcast, Goes All Right. And all our listeners, make sure you go and check out Caden's YouTube channel and podcast as well too. We'll definitely chuck a link underneath that. But, yeah, thanks so much for joining us, mate. And hopefully we can catch up and have a beer at the footy. Yeah, awesome. Tim, Simo, thanks for the chat. Um, yeah, really appreciate you lads getting me on. And, um, yeah, go Dees. Awesome, mate. Thank you. Take care. Cheers, man.
mate. It is time for that special time. Yes, you can edit that out. A special time. <laughs> no chance. Of the week. No chance? Oh, be no. nice. I'm hungover. Nah. <laughs> so it's a special time. It's the Delightful Display Player of the Year Award. Mate, it's it actually in, a pretty tough in one. Delighted Display. Just don't, don't forget to give our good oh. old sponsor a mention there. Anyway, a few to go through. It's... Look, sometimes I don't like giving my biggest votes to the best players week in, week out. But you don't have I think to. this week's different. But I'm gonna, I'll start us off. All right. One one vote, Sam Weedman. I thought Sam Weedman's ability to impact the game in a different way was beneficial for him and he was able to actually get into the game. Um, and he hit the scoreboard at the end as well, which was good to see. I think it was in the third quarter, big pack mark. But yeah, he provided good insurance for Gorney when he needed a rest. All right, well, my one vote goes to, yeah, well, he's not our debutant, but Toby Bedford, I just thought, was that player that sort of came on the ground and been a medical sub six times this year. And it's been one of those stories that it has been, it'd be hard as a player, I guess, being so close yet so far. And I think... I think it was Uze that was talking about this as well too. And I know I'm supposed to limit this 20 seconds, but he said those players that do come in are almost the more anxious ones because they're the ones that are, mm. that know that their spot's in jeopardy. So they're going to be in and out, in and out. So it, yeah, it would be a very difficult situation to, to, to be, but he, he really, I think, yeah, he just looked like a natural out there. It was great to see him get on the end of a couple of goals and you could see all the players so excited for him when he kicked that first goal as well too. And provided some, just some real genuine spark and pace and, you know, because he's such a such an asset, and you've got Neil Bullen down there that we're missing on this Saturday afternoon slash night. But he he certainly filled in and just proves that how important our depth is. Actually, I want to I'll touch on Bedford as well. I thought that crummy had uh, early on was exceptional. I think it might have been the second quarter. Just a perfect perfect rove off the off the pack, have a handball. I think set up a goal as well. So yeah, he did really well. And yeah, it's hard for those players, isn't it? Um, being on the fringe and with players set to come back. So we'll wait and see. My two votes goes to Simon Black. I mean, James Jordan. Uh, it's, it's a funny one because a few people, when, when James Jordan was starting, they said, we're comparing this to a young Simon Black, which is interesting because it actually looks like James Jordan is going in slow motion half the time. But James Jordan is absolutely smashing it on that wing and he's been the perfect insurance for Gus Brayshaw, who's obviously now moved down back and is doing an exceptional job. So, yeah, good on you, Jimmy Jordan, one of my favourites. Nice one. Uh, I gave two votes to Christian Petrarca. I just think that his influence of the game was just too impactful to not to recognise. We talked about it hard not to give it to the big guns, but you know what? The, the fact that he was able to sort of shake that tag of Connor Nash and Nash had to move on to Oliver because Oliver was having such a, you know, such an influence around the ground as well too. But I think Petrarca's just field kicking as well too. Just his decision-making going inside 50 when that certainly probably, certainly probably wasn't at our best on Saturday afternoon, but he found, uh, yeah, a, a couple of great targets just with some really clever kicks. So I think, again, to be able to notch up, what did he end up getting? I mean, he got on the end of a goal, 31 at 84% efficiency. So yeah, pretty pretty, uh, pretty tidy work there. He got the eight inside 50s, five marks, uh, three clearances and a goal. So not bad for his standards for somebody that was tagged for half the game. Yeah, 100% agree with that one. Let's go. My three votes, Maxi Gorn. I think he, I don't even know why he didn't get anything from me last week. I thought he was huge last week, but backs it up again. And he's, he's had a midfielders game, mate. He's had 29 and two. 
exceptional. And obviously, I think we saw that coming with, you know, the personnel he's up against, the first gamer and then um, Max Lynch, which I think he wanted a little bit of redemption against as well. Yeah, yeah, no, he, he did. And, and funnily enough, I gave him my three votes as well too. I think the biggest thing is his <laughs> his workout forward is, like, you can tell he's Those enjoying 50 it. 50-meter bombs. His, oh, well, the two 50-meter bombs, and, and he did miss one as well too, uh, also from about 55 out. But he's really enjoying it, and I think some of the players are saying he's enjoying it too much. He's like probably going out there thinking he's he's you know full forward should be starting deep down in the goal square, and you can just tell how much oh. when he when he rests down there. Well, you say rests now he's working working heaps. He loves it. He absolutely loves it, and it's uh, just credit to him. Something else that he's worked on, and now that you can kind of be you know you can back him in easily from that distance. And he loves his little, he's perfected his little finger wag salute as well too. And <laughs> I just, I just love how he stands there. And he's just smiling. Yeah. You can see the camera just go straight onto him. And yeah, geez, he calls for <laughs> the ball hard. He calls for the ball hard when he leads, and I think he gets pissed off when he doesn't get it. So, especially <laughs> if he's just kicked one. So, no, nah, well done, Maxi. Yeah, yeah, huge, total, total domination. All right, well, we are the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, and we would not be here without their loyal support, and we're going to hear their thoughts in our next segment, Fugazi. People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. Can you do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fugazi, it's woozy, it's wazzy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simo, well, plenty to talk about. Lots of talking points from Saturday night's 10-point victory against the Hawks. We've got plenty of comments here. The first one we've got here is from Paul White, who says, seeing Toby Bedford grab his chance and perform well. And I think he did. He, he, he played a solid all-round game, uh, not only getting some reward and finishing his work off, which Uze was speaking after the game, was something that he certainly needed to work on. But it just is, you mentioned before, like his ground balls, um, his, his speed is certainly a huge asset and just a fantastic young player that hopefully we can see get a spot in the side uh, at some point when <laughs> when a spot arrives. When, uh, yeah, nice to have when you've got a bit of a COVID uh, situation at the club. Yeah, I thought he performed pretty well as well. Our next one comes in from Pappy Ryder. Oh, almost like Paddy Ryder. <laughs> Nothing wrong with ugly wins at this end of the season. Lots of mitigating factors and still getting the job done. Super proud of the guys. Yeah, again, it's just a way to get the four points. You know, a win's a win at this stage. Like, I mean, if we didn't win the flag last year, I think we'll be, you know, a little bit like, yeah, we beating these lower ranked sides by only small amounts. Is it cause of concern? Definitely not. I think Hawks are actually pretty good sides. So, yeah. Good to get the four points. Next one comes in from Kate Horton. says, consistently slow start now over the last couple of games. And we've had some inconsistent and inaccurate shots. And yeah, obviously last week we had a lot of inaccuracy. And this week, I think in the fourth quarter, that kind of let us down. We could have certainly put the Hawks to rest quite early on in the game. And I mean, the Hawks got the first goal of the last quarter and kind of kept themselves in it. And the Ds didn't do themselves any favours by yeah missing a couple of gettable chances. But shout out to Kate. Kate's my cousin. So thanks for chiming in, Kate. And uh, no, she's listening. Awesome. Next one comes in from Sock Smith. Max Gorn cementing himself as a game's number one player. Oh, big call, but look, to be honest, as I said before, 29 and 2, he's almost playing as a midfielder as well. He is. He is. And yeah, as, as Carol would say, good call, necessary call, Melbourne call. 
And yeah, correct call. Uh, next one we have from Tim's Arrow. Tim's Arrow. No, it doesn't rhyme. As usual, we found a way to win. Sorry, from David Green. As usual, we found a way to win. Loving every minute of this, knowing it's not going to last forever. I really love that last little bit because it is, it's something we talked about with Caden earlier in our chat. It's something just being grateful for the moment and, and really just mm. in trying to enjoy it because it, the reality is it's not going to last forever and we just have to yeah, ride that roller coaster as we as we uh, certainly embody in this podcast. So, no, thanks, David. Awesome. Next one comes in from Simon S. Bargains. Now, this is a lot to decipher here, so we'll go through a little bit slower. So, he's, he's touched on who of the COVID ring-ins has the best chance to keep, keep their spot in the side. I reckon on form, T-Max stays ahead of Weed in the side. Once Lukey Jack returns, Bedford was good, but can't see him ahead of ANB and Cozzy. Look, this is a this is an interesting one. I, th- I definitely think the the Bedford one. Unfortunately, he goes back to the sub. It's just, you know with the caliber of Neil Bullen and Cozzy and what they've been doing. I think their you know their spots their their spot on the side is not in jeopardy at all. I think you know we can't not have those players playing. We can't have them playing VFL. You know the one with T Mac and Weeds. It's one that's going to forever be keeping us guessing. I think with. With team, what team I kicked three, and then obviously coming back in the side to replace Jackson. You know, he comes back and kicks another three, two, two. or three, two, two yeah. was it? And now two early goals as well. So you yeah. think, so well, then Smith went down and he went back. So he obviously he's got the flexibility to do that, which, you know, it could pose a question. I mean, this is an interesting thought, but could, could team Mac go back and then we could play all of them together, which is. Not completely out of the question, to be honest. Yeah, well, we did it did it Saturday in, in that sense with Weeds playing that that out of you know out of his normal role. Yeah, unfortunately with Smith's injury that and again shattered for Smith, who again like starting to string a couple of games together, the club's got faith in him, and <laughs> unfortunately he's just got the worst luck of all time. Just injury seems to sort of yeah pop up right at the wrong spot because. He, yeah, he played some good footy on Saturday afternoon and just rolled the ankle, we think it is. So he rolled the ankle. So, yeah. That's what he was I on thought. crutches at the end. I thought there yeah. could have been Achilles based. Mm. Um, but the way he sort of pulled up, which was interesting. No, what Uze said at the end that it was a rolled ankle. So fingers crossed that there's nothing seriously damaged there. And, you know, it might just be a week on the sidelines. But interesting to see because you've got Tomlinson waiting in the wings as well, too. So they opted not to go with Tomlinson this week. Do they think that, yeah, T-Mac's done enough? Is he somebody that they can swing back into Phil Smith's spot? But then also, if he's needed up forward, you know, we've got that option as well too. He's kind of that versatile player. Because I think McDonald, especially early, as you mentioned, like he was the catalyst for us sort of getting back into the game because the Hawks certainly got the jump on us in those first five, six minutes. You know, we talk about getting hands on the footy. I think in the first six or seven minutes, uh, Hawks were... 30 uncontested possessions to D6. So it was six. Uh, so And they had the first five scoring shots. So for T-Mac to sort of provide a really good target and probably Bob I can kick a couple of early goals was really important. So he hasn't done anything to hurt his reputation in that sense. So, side note, Tim, did you see that sidestep he pulled on the wing? Oh, yeah. Which, resu- which yeah. ended up resulting in the, I think it was a Bedford goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think sides happened in a handball from Malcolm. Yeah, the kick yeah. wasn't great, but it was still the everything else but, was, was no. good. <laughs> it Bit was of hand candy. But he's got but he does have that in his arsenal as well, too. He's always had some pretty decent footwork and he's pretty agile. He's been a good runner for a long time. And 
he he was required to put on some size after 2018, and that's sort of where his form the meat diet fell off as well. Well, now that's that's now. I think before that they asked him to put a few kegs on so we could compete stronger in the air. Uh, when we sort of saw him as our second fiddle, but he, he certainly he certainly got that aspect to his game. So it'd be interesting to see Bedford. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't see him staying in the side unless now we think about Steve's uh, got an eight day yeah. eight eight day break. So the only thing is that if Neil Bullen's symptoms kind of like run over from Friday to Saturday and is not feeling fit. Like yeah. you're talking about these players aren't just missing the games, but they're also missing training as well too. So you kind of like Lever and Viney came in without training. Obviously they would come straight back into the side, but these players that are affected, it's not only the games that are missing, but also just the build up to it as well. So kind of see how he pulls up. That's probably the only thing I can see if Bedford would keep his spot is if somebody like Neil would you Bullen... say would you say the same with the other boys? Because they were they confirmed was that Thursday or Wednesday? Wednesday, with I think Jackson. Me. Wednesday. Uh yeah. For Cozzy, Cozzy, well, Cozzy Jackson. So it was Cozzy Jackson and also... Well, Neil Bullen was Sparrow. later, wasn't he? Sparrow. And, Sparrow. and then Petty was later. Petty, Petty, yeah. Petty came out at, announce, at team announcement and then Neil Bullen was Friday night. Yeah. So, yeah, see what happens. I know it's it's a big question, but again, credit to our club and to having the depth they did. Depth. Because mm-hmm. Dunstan's also another one who... He did nothing wrong on Saturday night as well too. So... He only had the 11 touches, Tim. Yeah, but he didn't do anything wrong though. Like he played his actually. Role. Do you know what I did notice from Luke Dunson? Was he's actually his ball use inside fifty? He actually direct two goals this from his kicks inside fifty, which is something that he has not been renowned for at all. So obviously, Mark Williams, Choco Williams is doing <laughs> yeah, he's doing something right with him. Who have you got oh. there next, mate? Who have you got? All right, so our last one is from Heath Tudor. He says. Great third quarter got us a win. Managed to do it week after week. Pull out one of those run of goals. Max was fantastic. So, again, like using those little momentum uh, runs that we have and, and, yeah, really sort of takes 10, 11 minutes of footy to try and put the other team to rest. He says, would love to see you guys discuss the defensive 50 decision-making with ball in hand. I personally thought it was extremely poor at times. Several Hawks goals were a direct result of unforced turnovers, in my opinion. So, yeah, this is an interesting one. And I think just defensively as a whole, probably wasn't, well, certainly wasn't our best showing. And I know Uzo sort of commented on that. They gave up five goals from transition, which is not something that, like, these are so renowned for being well set up and making teams play slow and and having to really think and second-guess themselves about how they're going to get the ball through the zone. Hawks did a pretty good job of, of switching it, going from side to side to open up some space. And... They like whilst they were able to score from that, but I think on the rewatch, and I was particularly looking out for this after Heath made the comment. I think Hunt and uh, I might have singled out Lever a couple of times uh, last week about just some he's of his. Not, he's not at his best, is he? He's not. Lever. He's just some he's of some of the it. positions he's putting our players in when he's you know disposing of the ball towards them. It's not great, and yeah, I think. It's something that we've been so used to, like Brayshaw, we know, is always good for you know, making the most of his disposals. But yeah, Hunt's kicking and he's, he's spoiling it. He made a couple of good spoils, but he also spoiled right into the into the centre of the defensive 50 and cost a goal there at one point. But some of the exits from there wasn't, wasn't terribly good and we were, able, we were turning the ball over quite a bit there. So... Certainly something that was, yeah, uncharacteristic, but I know that they'll they'll look at that and it's 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 not something that happens week in, week out. So it'll be just little things to to tweak for next week heading into the Saints game. 
Yeah, hundred percent agree. And I think you know, I mean, definitely you can understand key areas which you can work on at training. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll be working on you know the exits outside of fifty, and usually we've been pretty good. And to see, yeah, it's interesting how you know we talk about the defensive stuff or what you just said, Tim, because. We've been, well, we labeled this last week. We've been giving up 58 points average per game. And this is the most points we've conceded all year. So Hawthorne to get 81. So, yeah, obviously you can't, you can't defend turnovers, you know, direct turnovers in the back line because it, you know, they're going to get those repeat entries, which makes it extremely hard to, con- to contend with. And yeah, if there's a bit of speed on the ball, look out. And yeah, we're, we're actually probably fortunate. I thought Gunston, Bruce should have hit the scoreboard a lot more. I think they, they missed a lot of opportunities. So, you know, probably a bit fortunate, to be honest. Definitely did. Wingard as well, too, especially in that last quarter. So, no, we, we were talking about it earlier. I think both ways, both teams missed chances late to make an impact on the scoreboard and certainly would have influenced the outcome of the game, no doubt. So, thanks, Heath, for that. So, yeah, great point. But I, can see, I can't see it being a, yeah, a trend that we're going to see continuing on from this demon side as we know it. All right, well, that's it for uh, Fugazi, our 50th episode edition. Thanks to everyone that commented. Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing, but we also want to just take it you know, one week at a time. And coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. All righty, mate. It's my favourite time of the week, and that time of the week has come, and that is one week at a time. Look, mate, we are playing against the Saints. Uh, on an amazing day, which is Mother's Day, one ten. We've got the early time slot, which would be interesting. So one ten on the Sunday at the G. It's a D's home game. Make sure we're getting there. Uh, bring your mothers, bring your fathers, bring your siblings. It's gonna children. be good, mate. It's <laughs> yeah, children. It's gonna be a rip snorter. The Saints are five and two. We're obviously tracking along nicely at seven and zero. Oh. This one, this one's gonna have a bit of spice in it. I think, I think the the Saints, the Saints are gonna be bleeding after their loss to the Power, kicking four eighteen. They've well, they've had a few games, they've had a few games this year where they've you know pretty much almost kicked themselves out of it, which they did on the weekend. It's um yeah, there's there's a few key matchups which we will go through, and that the biggest one for me is obviously the Max King. I think Max King at full full stretch, it's gonna cause a bit of headaches. I think. May is great for him body-wise because Max King doesn't like a lot of body. But then, you know, it's hard because Max King, if he gets a run and jump at it, we're going to have strife. Like, you've seen what happened with two meter Peter, Aaron Norton. Like, these blokes, they've got, you know, if they get a run and jump at it, they cause problems, um, especially if we're getting beaten out of the middle. And you saw that against the Bulldogs where they kicked eight in a row. You even saw it against Essendon when they started hitting back. So, I think, yeah, winning in the middle to help our defense with Max King to a, to really take him out of the game is going to be beneficial. I think um, in the midfield, they're sort of, you know, they actually got a few underrated players runs. I think yeah. Seb Ross is someone that's actually stepped Robert up Harvey, a fair bit. Nathan Bird. Robert Harvey. He's come back. <laughs> Wowee. Um, you know, Nimmer. Jack Steele, Brad Crouch, like Gresham when he goes in there. It's, I think, as well, I think our, actually our forward line, I reckon, can stretch their defense. I think their defense is probably their weakest point. I think if we get a hold of them and get some fast entries as well, I think that will go a long way to winning the game. Just tidying up our ball use as well is one thing. And also starting well. I know, I mean, we actually, in in the end of these, the, well, just ahead against Richmond, quarter time last week. Oh, sorry, not last week, yesterday against the Hawks. We're down by a couple of points at quarter time. But 
the three weeks prior to that, we actually didn't allow goal in the first quarter. So it'd be nice to get back to that and just really restrict St Kilda because they do like to put a bit of speed on the ball. You know, you've got your Brad Hill types as well that, you know, get the ball flowing. I think it'd be good to restrict that ball movement as well, which they're basically labelling their footy on. So, yeah, if we can eliminate those key areas, I think we'll go a long way to go on 8 No. Definitely, definitely. It's it's yeah, a huge game and one that I'm sure St Kilda have circled in their calendars probably since the start of the season. I think they think that at times in the last probably six, seven years, our paths were quite similar in how the clubs were tracking and their progress and we've obviously eclipsed them and it was there was that you know, there's a few contests at Marvel where we'd still make Tim Embry look like Tony Lockett at times and that can I, can we're I step talking... in here really quick, Tim. Sure, mate. You... <laughs> I don't know why, but I just really want to pop this one out. How how well is St Kilda on track? Did they? Do you know? Do you know why I'm pulling that out? Yeah. No. Why? Where did St Kilda? Where did Melbourne take Petrarca ahead of St Kilda? Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So track was two and McCartan was one. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, hard to call. Drafts are so hard to to win, mate. It's all it's all well and good to look at that in hindsight, but they still would have thought that Paddy McGuttner as a key forward would have been, you know, the right choice for them at the time. It's it's hard to hard to look back at those things, and teams teams would do that a lot at times. It's 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 very yeah very easy to look back and say they made the wrong decision, but how are you going to know going forward? But I think just yeah, seeing St Kilda now sort of so confident, as you said, five and two. Lots of speed on the ball. They've got their small forwards that do damaging things. And Max King, who, when he can kick straight, can be yeah a dominant force in the forward line. And we've got the defensive personnel to deal with it, but I think it is, it's it's obviously going to be a combined effort. It's not going to be up to a one-on-one because that's not probably what we want. He's, as you mentioned, like getting a free run and jump at the ball and marking it at the highest point. Those athletic forwards are ones in the past that have given that have stretched our defence a little bit longer. I think, given that, yeah, we don't have any aerial athletes, you know, made as you said, built like a brick shit house and can put you on the floor. But I think Petty or Smith probably would have been not a bad matchup. He, he does give up a few inches on Petty, but hopefully, if Petty's back in and, and fit to go, it'd be, it'd be a good matchup for them. The game, I think, sent supporters will be all out there as well too and, and hopefully get a decent crowd on a Sunday afternoon. I think it's our first Sunday game for the year, I think. Besides, sorry, besides the Richmond game, I mean like afternoon, Sunday afternoon game. We haven't played a Sunday afternoon game, I don't think, yet this year. So, no, nah, big game. I think so, no. But hopefully, Huge yeah. Huge game. A good, good, uh, good opportunity for us to put, put aside who, who are sort of up and coming and, and probably a little bit of a surprise to all all observers of the AFL this year, just yeah, put them back in their place a little bit. No, no doubt, we'd be looking for that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think Kilda's a bit of a doozy for me too, because remember all those years where we just kept losing to them. I think there, were, we, there might have been a stretch of maybe fifteen games. I think they had their wood over us. So you know, this is just like Hawthorne. Hawthorne smacked us around a fair bit. So for me personally, this is another one. You know, two weeks in a row, two teams that are. Don't really like that much, <laughs> so I'd love to don't get have this much one. From either, to be honest, nah, nah. It's well, yeah. I'm going. I'm going with one of my work colleagues actually, which, um, yeah, he's a big Saints supporter, so he's actually turning my favour of the Saints. I don't hugely hate him at the moment, so it's the Dean yeah, it'd be Kent nice to Cup. get a win. The Dean Kent Cup. The, oh, they should get him in. <laughs> get him in as a sub. Yeah, is he just in. not playing? Is he injured? 
not playing at most. No, he, he, just, was, he's a, he just got a shit haircut. That's why he's not getting the game. <laughs> oh, you can say that to probably half the bloody competition at the same time. But no, anyway, no. Huge, What's your uh, I think it'd probably be close because I think they're a team that have the agility and the and the fitness to probably run with us for four quarters, don't you think? Like, I think, yeah, a lot of their speed seems to be sustained. They've sort of been able to play four quarters a lot of these except for except for Cairns, obviously. It was funny, actually, hearing the report today after the game that they said, oh, St Kilda's uh, reviewing their contract status with, uh, is it Kazali Stadium up there? And, yeah, and just and sort Cairns. of saying, assessing where, where they sit. It's like, you can't blame the bloody stadium for the result. Both teams kicked... Like, both teams kicked disgusting. poorly. But you can't just... Like, it's a funny news story to come out of that regardless. Like, you're going to play up in... made by the sound of it. Tropical. Well, yeah. Were you about to mention our two games there? Yeah, year? I was just going to talk about... Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. 2020. 2020, 2020 which actually probably cost... Well, I mean, obviously, Frio, the COVID Frio year was Sydney kind game? Of, it was Frio-Sydney. Yeah. They were consecutive weeks too, weren't mm. they? No, it was and like Thursday was and Thursday and Tuesday or something. It was like it was a six. It was like a five day break between them. It was like we had just, two rounds in one. Yeah, it was, that was season. the footy we played there back in twenty twenty. Was just appalling, and, and it ended up costing us a spot in the finals. Oh, now you're giving credit to the buddy. Okay, no, story. I got to stop here. I got to put a full stop to that. But yes, nah, I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't know. Let's, let's let's go days by sixteen points. D's plus 16. Yeah, I was about to say probably about the same. I, yeah, anywhere between 15, 20 is probably the right sort of indication. I think, you know, it's, it's again, we're just looking for ways to get the four points. It's doesn't have to be pretty. No. You know, it's, you know, it's a, you know, can nitpick things, but I think if you can see that we're, you know, still able to keep a side at bay and, yeah, and get the four points, that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Wins and a win. Wins a win if we can restrict their ability to score, if we keep them anywhere between, you know, or even under around the 60, 65 mark, you know, that will go a long way to, to getting the job done. And that's next thing to do with the predictions, mate, is the team selection, which poses a huge, huge problem well, for our selection committee. I think, I mean, it's a hard one because obviously it's a seven-day isolation period where you almost want – I mean, it's gonna be. We saw with Ben Brown, he didn't he didn't train, so he didn't come back in, which he could have played against Port, but obviously would have to fly by himself, etc. But it's hard one. You want you want them to actually have some training under their belt, so then they can, you know, get some run in the legs after you know probably not doing much for seven days. So I think, yeah, it's almost like do we do we even rest these players, especially those like Nibbler and Teddy who are later to be in isolation as opposed to the other players that. Yeah, probably will get at least one, if not two, training sessions in before returning to the team. It'll be interesting seeing what happens selection time and you know keeping updated how the boys have been progressing in terms of that. And yeah, I will Goody as well coming back. You know, just getting the right balance again and you know getting the flow of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we sort of discussed it earlier when uh, Simon and Fugazi sort of brought up that point. But yeah, I can't say them resting players. For no, it, like if they're feeling fine and fit, they'd, they'd get them back in for sure. I think players of that cal- caliber, and I think the matchup wise, like for Petty, I think that's a really crucial one as well too. Otherwise, I suppose you got Tomlinson waiting in the wings, but no, I, I, I can't see them not making the changes. Just the fact of giving them rest, 
albeit hopefully they're all feeling okay. And yeah, fingers crossed also that that's we've seen the end of it for this stage. Like we don't want hopefully this COVID exposure to bleed out, bleed over any other exactly. weeks as well too. Because you we know, don't want to end up like West Coast. Well, last one before we do finish up, mate. Do you? What do you think? So if Petty comes back in, who goes out? Wiedemann or T Mac? And that will that being if Jackson's in as well, who goes out? Yeah, oh, look, I th- oh, fuck. if Wiedemann was in there solely as a backup ruckman, I feel that he's probably the spot to go. That's that's my only feeling because I suppose T Mac does have that option to go back. I don't know that's that's just my feel. I'd like I'd love Weeds to stay in, and I don't did nothing to harm his spot in the side. No way, but yeah, just the way that they're gauging things at the moment. I think McDonald just. Again, I think he was just too impactful at the start of that game in order for us to sort of get back in that first quarter. You mentioned our starts. Our last couple of weeks in the first, yeah, 15 minutes haven't been great, and he was a big catalyst for that, sort of us getting back within, within uh, you know, striking distance at the end of that first quarter. So, yeah, I think I think he does. If, if Jackson comes in, I think Weeds probably sits out. That's my gut feeling. So, Sim, I thought a, a nice fitting way to continue on with our 50th episode today is to call up former co-host, your predecessor, and our good friend, uh, Steffi Clark, who yeah has been busy with the dealings that motherhood <laughs> brings and going back to work part-time. So, we're just going to see... So, sorry, she'd be happy. She'd be happy today. Yeah, the doggies had a win. Yeah. Beat Essendon, wasn't it? Essendon by yeah, yeah. comfortably. I think it was 40 yeah. or 50 points. So we're just going to call. We haven't told her that we're calling her, but we're just going to call and see what happens, see what she's doing. What do you reckon? Do you reckon she'll answer? Good. She could. She might be putting Jordan to bed. Hey, legend. Hey, Steffi. How you going? Good. How are you? Good, good. You're live on... You're, well, you're live on the air. It's... Uh, our fiftieth episode tonight. The only, and the only thing I've, the only thing I've realised now is that you can't hear Simo, or Simo can't. can't hear. No. Are you there, Simo? Yes, absolutely. No, I can't hear him. <laughs> you can't hear him. Hang on. What if I uh, <laughs> unplug this? Yep, I'm here. No dice. No dice. No dice. Oh no, I didn't think this through. I'm <laughs> <laughs> leaving there. Push on. Push on. Push, push on. on. He says to push on. No, this will make push great on. content. It's it's me relaying his messages back to you. <laughs> But we just wanted to say, uh, no, thank you so much for uh, for doing all the groundwork for this. It wouldn't have, oh, wouldn't have been, wouldn't have got here. Your brain. <laughs> wouldn't have got to fifty episodes without you. But how exciting! Yeah, no, we're stoked. We just thought, yeah, what a nice way to continue nice. on with our fiftieth um, episode. But and you'd be pretty me, stoked. What's exciting? Yeah. yeah. What's exciting is fiftieth episodes and a flag in that. And a flag. Who would have thought? And a flag. And a flag. <laughs> That's it was meant to be. You were meant to start it when you did, hey? 100%. 100%. And so, uh, yeah, it's funny that even the season that what that we started, 2020, was pretty dismal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everything went just yeah, turned around. Crazy. Crazy. Maybe it's when I started. That was when I started. Oh, similar, similar all, all of when one has one flags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. I'm the, yeah, I'm the, the good luck charm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we better let you go. Is, is Jordan in bed or? 
He is. Look, he is? he's been a bit cheeky. He's been opening all his, uh, his presents from his party. So yeah, uh, and driving around on all his new little toys. But finally got him down and settled. Yeah. So we're good. What a big got, weekend we for watch him. Watch the doggies replay now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, we better let you go, but thanks so much good for you guys. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, saying hi. What an achievement. Thank you. All right. See you, Steffi. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bye. Steph. Bye. All right, Simo. Well, that's it, mate. We've done it. 50 episodes done and dusted. Another week's gone. It's just, uh, it's it's nice to sort of sit back and reflect on it a little bit. It's, it's. Oh, I just want to take this space and, yeah, thank you, mate, for, for, your, for your efforts along the journey. It's been awesome to, uh, yeah, to chat footy with you and it's, it's great that we've got such a, yeah, you know, a common interest in it and, and funnily enough that it's kind of brought us probably a bit closer together, you know. So thanks for your efforts, mate. It's uh, It's been truly a pleasure chatting footy with you and chatting days each week and, you know, giving shit to each other. It's been, yeah, it's been definitely the <laughs> highlight of the week. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I'm very, I'm very fortunate to be in this position with you, mate. It's one of those things where I think it's been able to, it's given me the chance to be able to, either let the frustrations out about talking about the D's or, you know, celebrate those things now. And, you know, I don't have to, you know, chew someone's ear off about the D's as much anymore because I can get it all out with this. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome. I think um, well, ever since we've started the ball, ever since I've started on the podcast, all of one as a premiership. So yeah, if that can continue, that would be, uh, that'd be pretty awesome. Absolutely, absolutely, and and I do want to give. We, we sort of spoke to her earlier, but give Steph a big shout out as well too, because she helped me get this off the ground and in 2020, and yeah, and and most of all, well, no, we've got to thank our sponsor, Hop In Brewing, again for backing us for a second year as well too, just giving us their support, and we love to sort of support and and give shout outs to local business, and you know, Mike and Jody down there and the team do such a great job at providing yeah a great space for us to for patrons to go and have a great beer and and have a pizza and and yeah hopefully we want to get them on on the show the next couple of weeks as well just to give us an update on how they're tracking but yeah couldn't do the show without their support but most importantly uh, to all of our listeners to everybody that's commented or posted on photos or to anyone that sent us a message we just yeah can't be thankful enough for, for you guys because yeah you keep the show running and it's just great to think that even just one person has uh, has us in their routine uh, each week of, of listening to us ramble about the days and it's been yeah it's, it's a it's a fun little journey that we've been going on and and hopefully continue to do you know the next 50 and, and i'm just really grateful for the opportunity also for all of our special guests that we've come on and thanks to all of them as well too for uh, for giving up their time because again we've learned so much about the club i, I feel that I've learned so much about more about Melbourne Football Club and, and enjoyed sharing those experiences and hearing those stories from experts, from players, from from people in the media. It's just, yeah, such a nice position to be in and, and grateful to have those those contacts and, and be able to live those stories. So, yeah, bit of a rant there, but I think it's necessary. Raise the bat, as Caden said. Is, uh, <laughs> leave the helmet on, but hit the half century. Yeah, looking forward to many more episodes down the track. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple or Google or any of your favorite podcasts podcast platforms you can feel free to shoot us an email leave us a review our email is attention to detail pod at gmail.com we are on twitter at a to detail facebook and instagram and yeah looking forward to the game this week big thanks to caden mcdonald our special guest for today thanks for jumping on and make sure you go and check out his podcast goes all right 
and also check out his YouTube channel as well too. He has fantastic content out there, especially his game day vlogs. And we'll chuck a link underneath today's podcast for that as well too. Simo. Exactly. Simo, thanks again. Hopefully that hangover is now, yeah, yeah all, all but gone. You've polished off nearly a 1.25 litre bottle of uh, orange and mango mineral water. So keep sucking that down, mate. And you sleep like a baby, no doubt. But uh, yeah, most importantly, D's fans, go D's. Go the D's. There we go. <laughs>